0: Good morning, everybody. Today, Bezrat Hashem will be learning Daf Mem Zayin, which is amazing. And, where did we, how did we get here? Well, we started off yesterday, we had the Mishnah, which discussed the fascinating conundrum of the person who has to be mafresh chala betuma anyantiv. You can't, can you just let it rise? different suggestions of how we avoid the various um problems that it presents. And so when we begin on the last line on Memvov Amunbez, by the time we get there, we are already discussing the concept of Hoil. As we said, Hoil means literally since. And what Hoil means is perhaps guess in this particular context, there's different context of what the word since can mean. Basically it means Uh, And something that is unexpected. Really, the way I would conceptualize a machlokas, whether we hold of hoil or we don't hold of hoil, as we might say, (laughs) is that if we hold of hoil, it means that even though the facts on the ground, see, Andrew's not a hoil guy. Uh, Let me explain to you something about Andrew. Andrew likes to see ignoring Barry. Uh, Andrew likes to see facts on the ground. Right. So don't tell them about this theoretical possibility, right, that something else might happen. We're going to treat this theoretical thing as if it's really happening and uh, behave accordingly. So, for example, you want to shecht an animal where we left off yesterday. The animal is sick. That's why you want to shech the animal. Right. Because you don't want to lose all that money. Right. Once it dies, it's in a vela. Kosher meat is so much more valuable than non-kosher meat. Right. So the reality is that the reason why you're shuchting the animal is because as a half said mummon. Okay. Now, uh the the Hoyle would say that you know there's also a theoretical possibility that you that you're hungry, you know, two hours before the end of yontiv. And so, because you're hungry, maybe you would go ahead and shecht an animal two hours before yuntiv in order to have enough time to roast it, so that you can eat it like five minutes before yuntiv is over. Andrew, say, come on, man, you're not. This is not why you're shechting the animal. You're shechting the animal, so th- so you're taking the Ravchista approach, Andrew, because what Ravchista says is, you know what the real the real issue is that you don't want to lose the money. Now I'll. Accept that the potential hesed mammon is going to cause you to resolve to eat a kezayis, and as a, as a way of saving the money, and that's why you're allowed to shech the animal because you're resolved to eat that kezayis, and you and that's on yuntiv, and you can't eat that kezayis of meat of yon, right on yuntiv without shechting the animal. That rav Chissa will accept, but hoil he will not accept. Okay, so now meikar adin, and this is going to be what we're going to analyze Rabbah and Ravchista, right? Me'ikar Adin, with regards to cooking from Yontiv to Shabbos, right? So Ravchista says that you are allowed, well, we'll start with Rabbah. Rabbah says you can't cook really from Yontiv to Shabbos, Me'ikar Adin, you can only cook from Yontiv to Yontiv, right? Lech says you can only cook for that Yontiv itself. Okay, so why do we let you cook from Yontif to Shabbos? Why are we gonna let you cook a few hours before the end of Yontif? Because Rabbah holds of hoil. Maybe guests are gonna come and therefore we're going to say that you're cooking for them. This is Rabbah. Rav Chissa says, come on, man. Guests are not gonna come in the next two hours. And besides, you're making a whole banquet and who are we kidding? We're certainly cooking from Yontif to Shabbos, and therefore Rav in order to allow, because we both know that you're allowed to cook from Yontif to Shabbos. So, in order to allow cooking from Yontif to Shabbos, Rav simply holds that meikar din, it's allowed, right? And that's what we said. Rav said that meikar din, you're allowed to cook from Yontif to Shabbos. And since you're allowed to cook from Yantiv to Shabbos, the only reason why you have an Air of tafshilin is so that you don't uh, forget and forget yourself and end up cooking from Yantiv to Chol in a different context once you're already cooking towards the end of Yantiv. So again, Rafhist Thol holds you can cook from Yantiv to Shabbos and that's okay. And Rabbah says that it's technically not okay, however, because of the principle of oil, that's why we let you do it. So now they're going to go at each other, okay? So Rabbah is going to start by challenging Ravchista's notion that you can cook from Yontif to Shabbos, right? Again, Rabbah can do it because of oil, Ravchista can do it because that's the actual alacha maker Adin. So Rabba's going to say, is that really the alacha maker Adin? And he's going to use a fascinating example of a case that makes it sound like you cannot cook from Yontif to Shabbos. How so? So, Eswe, Lechem ha'panim, lechem ha'panim. Now, what was the lechem ha'panim? It was the bread, the challis of the base of mikdash. Now, you might recall. Do you remember uh, that we learned already about the challis of the base of mikdash? We learned about the configuration of how they sit on the shulchan, right? So, a fascinating aspect of the lechem ha'panim. Andrew is eager to get to himzayin and with olive. So, let's just turn the page to make him happy. We now arrive in Mimzayan Amid Aleph. Nechal Letisha, Letisha, oh, So what does it say here? Nechal Letisha, Ula Chadasar. On the 9th, 10th, and 11th day. What's happening here? So did you know that when you bake the chalas, for when we bake halas at home, we bake them on Erev Shabbos, and then we eat them on Shabbos, fresh and delicious. When they bake them in the base of they would bake them on Erev Shabbos, just like a regular but they would eat them not that Shabbos. They would bake them on Arab Shabbos, place them on the Shulchan, right, and take the challahs that we baked the previous week, and those are the ones that we eat. So what you're in effect doing is, uh, you're baking on Erev Shabbos, not for this Shabbos, but for the following Shabbos. Right? So you know, like when you have a bris, if a child's born on Tuesday and then he has the bris on Tuesday, that's eight days. Okay. So if you're baking Shabbos on Erev, Chal, on erev Shabbos and then you're eating it on Shabbos, that's nine days. That's what it means. Nechal Tisha la'asara u'lachad Well, okay. So in a typical week, you're going to be baking it on Erev Shabbos for the following Shabbos. That's nine days. What if you have an a, a, Yuntiv shechaliyos erev Shabbos. What if you have a yontiv, right, Sukkis is on Friday. So then you're not going to bake it on Friday. You're going to bake it on Erev Yontiv. That's how you end up with 10 days. What if you have, it's the base of Miklis times, there's no Yontiv Shani Shal Goliath, but there is already, at the time, uh, they had a Gezerah where there's already a Yontiv Shani of Rosh Hashanah. Remember, that was the first, uh, that was the first Yontiv that you could have for two days, right, discussions, whether it's a Yoma, Richter, etc. We already discussed that. So if it's, uh, if, Erev, if Rosh Hashanah falls out Thursday, Friday, right? So then you end up baking it on Wednesday, right? Erev Rosh Hashanah, which means it's a three-day yuntiv. Big deal. In Israel, when they have a three-day yuntiv, the whole country like shuts down. You can't even get to the store um, because they're so not used to it. You have the three-day yantiv, So Erev Rosh Hashanah, which is Wednesday, you're baking the chalas for the following Shabbos, that's how you come to 11 days. So it's either 9, 10, or 11 days later, you're going to eat it. So, says, Rav, so says, Rab, uh, Rav to Ravchista, Ravchista, you really think that you can bake from Sha, from, right, uh, Yantiv to Shabbos? If you could, then why would we make you bake on Erev Yontiv? If you could bake from Yontif to Shabbos, then you should be able to bake the lechem upon him, let's say on Sukkot, for Shabbos. Why are we always saying it has to be Erev, Shabbos, or Yontif? Let's see it inside now. First word on Mem Amadalf. Nechal The lechem upon him are eating either the 9th, 10th, or 11th day after you baked it. La'pachas v'la'yoser. Of course, one of the miracles of the Baisa Mikdash was that it was still fresh and delicious, Okay, as we know. So lo pachas v'lo In other words, right? It's never going to be earlier or later. Uh, earlier than um right nine. Uh, later than nine. Earlier than eleven. Ketzad? How so? So now we're going to walk you through it. Kedarka l'tisha. On a regular right week, it's nine days. Nefa ber of Shabbos. Nechal b'Shabbos Latisha. You bake it on of Shabbos and then you eat it the following Shabbos. That's nine days. Chal yomtiv lios ber of Shabbos. Let's say circus falls out. Shavuos whatever falls out on. So then Nechal Shabbos Lasara. Right? So then you're baking it on Thursday afternoon, and then you're going to eat it the following Shabbos. That's 10. Shnei If Rosh Hashanah falls out Thursday, Friday, the Nechal Shabbos La then you're going to bake it on Wednesday afternoon. And then you're going to eat it on Shabbos. It's going to end up being 11 days after you baked it. Why? Because the baking of the lechem upon isn't a right? And we have the very informative Rashi over here that explains uh, a few other very interesting things, like, for example, the fact that if Er Rosh Hashanah, if it's if it's if it's Wednesday, Thursday, Friday falls out, that it's Shabbos that you're baking for is Yom Kippur. Just do the math. So, if the Shabbos that you're baking for is Yom Kippur, Rashi walks you through it, how you, uh, a couple, a couple of ways to get out of this, right? Maybe, maybe you're gonna say, the second suggestion he says is that maybe the, um, just because it's Yom Kippur doesn't mean that you can't eat it in Motzah Yom Kippur, because we know when it comes to Kachim, uh, Laila Olech Acharyom. Kachim does, we do it that, right, that it's day and then night. Everything else in in the world in our lives in our Jewish lives is vayyeher Boker. but when it comes to kachim, we first it's first the day and then the night, right? That's the schedule of when you can eat a karbanas, etc. So similarly here, the eating of the lechem uponim in in the world of the base of right? So when you're having your moze Shabbos, motzei Yom Kippur, right? Motzei Yom Kippur shachalios be that's still considered the eleventh day. Very very interesting. Okay. Um, Fine. And so, and then Rashi adds on at the very end that it says Rosh Hashanah Dafka, because at the time that they had the Lechemaponim when the base of Mikdash was existed, there was no Shnei Yomim Tovim Shel Galias. There's a question of whether the Gezerah of the Shnei Yomim Tovim of Rosh Hashanah existed in the base of Mikdash and how, you know, what, what the historical, uh, right, when this historical time period of this suggestion was. But the bottom line is, this is how we arrived in the Mishnah to 9, 10, and 11th day of eating the right Lechem Be that as it may, certainly, says Rabba, certainly, we, you see, is that you're not going to be allowed to bake from Yontiv to Shabbos because after all, we're even in a case where Rosh Hashanah falls out on Erev Shabbos, we're going to uh, ask you to bake on Wednesday. We're never allowing you to bake it on Shabbos, on Yontiv itself as Rabbah brings it home now. Ask's Rabbah, vi'i amris tsurche if you're gonna tell me, Rav that you can actually do your tsurche shabbos on yantiv, amailo dokhi So why don't we just simply say that the need to bake, lechem is dokhi yantiv? And therefore you should be, what, baking on, on yantiv, right? Let's say Rosh Hashanah or sukkus or whatever. You should be baking it on Erev Shabbos for shabbos like we always do. So Amalay, Rav Chista simply answers Shvus Krova Hitiru Shvus Yes, the Chachamim said that Shvus, right, that doing this uh, this idea of right this malacha of baking on Yuntiv for Shabbos is only when you're baking for Shabbos. In other words, erev Shabbos you can bake for this coming Shabbos, but this is what's called a Shvus Rachoka. Who said that you're allowed to bake on erev Shabbos, which is Yuntiv? For what? A Shabbos down the line. In other words, when you say that you can bake for yantiv the Shabbos. So let's say you like, you, let's say your wife likes to bake, uh, a, you know, a thousand muffins and freeze them. So are we going to say that she's allowed? And let's say you're going to be away for the next five months. So what are you going to say? We're going to let her bake on yantiv? a thousand muffins for a Shabbos five months from now? No, that's not what baking from Yuntiv to Shabbos means. Baking from Yontiv to Shabbos means that if, Sh- if Yontiv is Erev Shabbos, you can bake for that Shabbos. That Shabbos is a Shavuz Krova. But Shavuz Rehoka, that's not what it means. It's like, you don't take it literally and say Yontiv to any random Shabbos. No, baking for Yuntiv Shabbos means Yontiv for this coming Shabbos. That's what Chista's answering. So the Lechem upon him is a very unique and fascinating example of where you're baking from Yontif, but not for this Shabbos, for the following Shabbos. And that's not what Chazal meant when they said that they were matir baking from Yontif to Shabbos. So that's a bad example of Chista. So Rabba's, t- um, uh, uh, Rabba. that, that Rabba's example does not challenge of Christa's uh, uh, notion that Yontif to Shabbos is mutter. Okay, so Rabba is going to try again. Okay, says Rabbi. Okay, so the baking still within the lechem upon him, right? We say that it overrides right yantiv, but it doesn't override yom kippur. Okay, so what are you going to say? What's, go- what's going on here? So we see right that even shmos rechoka was mutter. Why? Because. He said, Rav Shimon Ben Gamliel said basically that you can. It is doches a yuntiv. It's just not doche yom kippur. In other words, the very idea of whether you can, whether you need to wait 9, 10, or eleven days, was actually a machlokas. Rav Shimon Ben Gamliel held that the only time that you cannot bake on yuntiv for the following, you cannot bake the lechem panim on yuntiv for the following week is if erev Shabbos comes out to be yom kippur. If it's Yom Kippur, then you can't bake. But oh, that's the only case. So I guess there would never be a case where it's 11 days. It would only be 10 days, according to Shimon and Gamaliel. But be that as it may, he actually holds of this idea of what? Of shavuz, of shavuz Rechoka. Well, the problem is that everybody... No, I, I misspoke. The problem is that everybody holds that you, that you have to do 9, 10, and 11 days. So the fact that everyone holds that you do 9, 10, and 11 days... Means the fact that it's not Doche es yontav, Doche es Yom Tzom, it means that they were also Matir the And the fact that they were Matir, uh, also the Shvus Rechoka, and then they didn't allow you to bake from Yantiv to Shabbos anyway would mean that what? That it must be because we don't let you bake from Yontiv to Shabbos. To which the responds, no, this is why I jumped the gun. the responds, no, you're confusing the, the, the issue. Baha pligi, that was good for the mechlokas. In other words, Rav Chissa's answer is what I said, which is a Rav Shimon Gamliel would say, no, you that that's exactly the halacha. The halacha is that you can bake from Yantiv to Shabbos. In other words, you can you can bake it on on Yantiv to Shabbos, and that would be the mechlokas. According to Rav Shimon Gamliel, the only time that you can't bake it is if it's Yom Kippur, and right, and and then and then the and the other and then the other side of the mechlokas is that you could bake it only on Arab Yontif. That would be the actual machlokas of Shavuz versus Shvus Krova. But everybody agrees, says Rav right, that you can, in fact, otherwise, bake from Yontif to Shabbos in a regular case. Let's read it inside. Says Rav Chista, pligi, mar Krova hitiru, right? Shavuz Lohitiru. Right? So the Tanakhama holds that Shvus Krova is okay, but Shavuz is not. And that's why they didn't allow you to bake it uh, on you know, on Yantiv, Umar Savar, Shvus Rechoka, Nami Hitiru, and simply Rabshim holds that they were also allowing a Shvus Rechoka, not only Shvus Krova, but everybody agrees that Shvus Krova Hitiru. That's the point. That both the Tanakama, this is what Rabshim is responding, both the Tanakama and and Gamliel are going to allow a Shvus Krova, which is in fact the Mechokas between Rabba and Rabshista. So that, uh, so that settles that. No, we're going to have another challenge. Fourteen lines down on Memzai Nabad Aleph. Let's see, Masiv Rav Now, Rav Mari is getting in on the action. Rabbah stepped aside. Rav Mari is going to challenge Rav Chista's idea from the first part of the Mishnah that we just quoted in Menachos, as follows: Shtei Halechem. Okay, we're back. We're still in Shtei Halechem. Al This Shtei Halechem is not the lechem upon him. The lechem upon him is every Shabbos. The Shtayah is only on what? Shavuos. Part of the Shavuos korban. Okay, so on, on Shavuos, you brought a beautiful korban, right? It was a korban seabor. and uh, you would bring shlomim, which is, right, and, and you would make the sacrifices of the animals, but also you would have bread. Famously known as the Shtayah An amazing korban. Now, the Shtayah have to be baked for Shavuos. But here's the difference between shachting animals as a korban and bringing a korban bread, chalas, as a korban. The difference is, Andrew, shechting animals, you're always shechting it fresh, right? When you, when, you bring, when you bring a korban of an animal, you're not taking it out of the freezer and sticking it on the mizbech, like some Argentinian basar kafui, right, and sticking it on the mizbech. You're shachting the animal fresh. And after all, there's like a whole ceremony with the blood, right? Obviously, as we know. But that's happening on that day. Right? We shecht karbanos on yantiv. That's, that's what we say every time when we daven in musaf. On yantiv and shabbos, we're shecht in karbanos. Okay? That's a malacha, but it's allowed in the base of mikdash. But baking bread is a different animal. Pun intended. Baking bread is very different. You don't bake the bread. That's not part of the avodas hakarbanos That is something that you do before yantiv. So again, you show up with the chalas. Right? Already baked. That's different. You're not baking them on yontiv the way you're shechting the animals on yontiv. So that's very significant. So let's say the yontiv is shavuos, and you have this korban that's a composite of right shechting animals and also bringing khalas. So as it turns out, you're always going to be eating the khalas What? It's never going to be less than two days old, and it's never going to be more than three days old. Sad says the Gemara. Nefas erev Right, as Rashi points out. You know, as Art Skoll points out, that when, when, the mission, when this Mishnah says that you're eating it on the second day, it just means the next day. Right? It counts the day that you're baking it. Erev Yantiv is is day no, day one. Okay, So, Erav Erev Yantiv, right? you bake them on Erev Yontav of Shavuos, so that's when you're eating it on the second day. Chal Yantiv, Lios Achar Shabbos, right, if you have... Now, this has to be Shavuos. We can't do Rosh Hashanah here, because this is, a, by definition, the Lechem Aponim. So that's a Shavuos Korban. So let's say... Right. Uh, Erev Shavuos falls out on Shabbos. I'm sorry. Chal Yontav Lios Achara Shabbos. Yeah. Nechalos Liyontav Lishlosha. Right. Uh, yes, I was right. Erev Shavuos falls out on Shabbos. Chal Yontav Lios Achara Shabbos. So Shavuos is Sunday. Erev Shavuos is Shabbos. Nechalos Liyontav Lishlosha. So in that case, you're gonna do what? You're simply gonna bake the Chalos Erev Shabbos. As one does. And then you're gonna eat. Those challahs on Sunday, on Shavuos, that's called the third day. Why? This baking of the challahs isn't Shabbos, isn't Well, this is less of a Chiddush. What's going on? Of course you're not going to bake from Shabbos to Yuntiv, Right? Nobody said that. We only said that you could bake from Yantiv to Shabbos. So what's going on here? Why is this a Chiddush? Uh, so listen to this. Rav Mari says, If you're going to hold Rav Chista. Right, that that Shabbos are done on Yontiv. Hashta de Shabbos be Yontiv Shari. Right, since you're allowed to prepare for Shabbos and Yontiv, de Yontiv be Yontiv mi bayi. Aha. So you of Chista, who says that you can prepare from Yontiv to Shabbos, you're certainly are going to say that you can prepare from Yontiv to Yontiv. The question isn't why can't you bake it on Shabbos uh, for Shavuos, which is on Sunday. The question is why can't you bake it on Shavuos itself? Bake the lechem upon him on Sunday. If you hold that you can bake from Yontiv to Shabbos, certainly you should be able to hold, to bake from Yontiv to Yontiv, which is to say, Raba only allows immediate use. Uh-huh. So Raba is only going to let you bake it if you use it immediately. But here, we're assuming that we're on Shavuos, and we're baking it earlier in Shavuos for later in Shavuos. Raba would never even allow that were it not for Ho'il, right? But by virtue of the fact that he clearly allows you to bake from yuntiv for later use, for delayed gratification, as it were. So certainly, he would allow you to bake on yuntiv for later use on the same yuntiv itself. So according to, the question again is, according to Rav Chista, why is he making you bake the lechem ha, right, the shtei lechem of Shavuos on Erev Shabbos? Bake it on Yuntiv on Sunday itself, on Shavuos itself. Uh, bake it while you're staying up all night. You know, so so you could already start baking. Uh Once you get a little woozy, you can no longer learn. Four in the morning, start baking. Okay. So Rav Chista says like this, shiny hasam. The halacha there by the sh'te halachem is different. Why? Because we have an explicit pasuk by Shavuos. The amar kraal, lachem. Right? We had a, a pasuk of lachem, lachem v'lo lagavoah. What's this pasuk of lachem? It's the pasuk of ochel nefesh. Right? Asher, Achasher y'achel lachol nefesh, hu levoda yasser lachem. On we say, lachem uh, which means, ironically, I guess you could say, that you're allowed to bake and do Malacha and shah, on Yantiv for ochel nefesh, but not for Hashem. You can only do it for you, for your own delight of Yantiv, for your own oinig Yantiv, for your own ochel nefesh. But you can't, you're not doing it for so that's a different thing. You're not doing it for religious reasons, so to speak. You're doing the ochal nefesh for religious reasons. But you're not doing it for the ceremonial, uh, basa reasons. You're doing it for your own onig yantiv. That's the dispensation of ochal nefesh. That's what we allow. Lachem, velola gavoah. Okay. So Mari says, so we're bringing him back, we're saying that he said that it's doche yantiv. So, how is he understanding the pasuk of lachem? If you're not supposed to do Lachem for Karbonas, right, because don't forget, he was talking about the shtehalechem, and that is in fact the Corban. So how, how is he gonna say that you could cook they could bake on Yantiv, right? Uh for the following for the following um Shabbos, right? That's a sort of like a, uh it's not really a karban, I guess, but it's right, the Chalas of the Shabbos at the base of Mikdash, it's definitely Hekdesh. Right? So, if you're going to say that aspects of Beis HaMikdash are not going to be baked on Yantiv, how is it that he reads the Pasuk of Lachem? So the Gemara says he actually does. He reads it differently, as follows. Savlaka Abba That was a machlokis. Abba actually had this machlokis, um, in Maseches Beitza. The Amar Lachem, right, where we really get involved with Ochal And he says that Lachem means Lachem velo And as Rashi points out, um, Lachem velo le aval Yesh Right? Avala Shari. So, the, amazingly, Abba Shaul holds that Lachem doesn't teach you not, f, not to exclude the Besa the Mikdash activities, but it teaches you to exclude Nachrim, And that is who Rav Shimon is going to hold, like, in order to support and and be consistent with his Shita. Amazing. Okay, I told you this stuff is going to be amazing. Five lines down from the bottom. Mem Zayin, Aleph. biyad Okay, Ravchistah took enough hits, he's he's fighting back now. He's gonna challenge Raba's view. What's Raba, Raba, don't forget, says that you're not allowed to Mi Ikardin prepare for Shabbos on Yantiv. The only reason we let you is because of Hoel. Sir so Ravchhistah, instead of confronting himself, he sent Ravacha Baravuna to confront him with the following Shaila. Uh, Rashi even like gets into it, like explaining Ravacha Rashi, tshuva zu he, he really prepared vacha well. Okay, so what's this confrontation? As follows, Me, Amrin, and Hoel. Really, Rabba? you hold of oil. The We learned in the mission of Makos the following case, the fascinating case where you are doing multiple averos. Uh, where it's Maseches Makos after all. So we have a bunch of different examples where we try to figure out how many Makos can we absorb here in one act. So here is the guy. Yeshcharish telam Okay, all he's doing is plowing a single right furrow. Right? So, all you're doing is you're plowing. And with one action, one pa'ula, as Rabbi Safir would say, who I saw yesterday on Zoom, Shlita, with one physical activity, you can absorb tons of malchus. How many? Chayavan Alea Mishim shmona Wow. Eight different, uh, sets of lashes here. How? So, what are the eight, uh, that you're doing? As follows. Chachorish. So, you're doing the, right? The, the action that you're doing is plowing. There happens to be a chorus beshur So you're plowing with a donkey and an ox together. That's kilaim. Okay, that's isser number one. Vehein mukdashin, They happen to already be hektish. So that's me'ila, as we know. That's misappropriation of hektish. Iser number two. Vechilayim bakaram. It happens to be that what you're plowing here is kilaim. So not just kilaim of animals, but karam. number three. We turn the page to Memzayan and Bez at 6.03 a.m. Andrew, I told you. Relax. We're going to make it. Don't worry. Ushvis. And he's doing it on Shvius. Okay, this is Shemitah year. Okay, this is a Risa. I mean, Shemitah does come up in the Torah. So, I don't know. What was is that? Isser number four? Uh, four or five? Be Yantiv. This is on Yantiv. That's not good. So that's Isser number. Um, this is Isser number five or six. Uh, so, some, there's actually a Machlokas Rashi Tosvos on how to add up the Surah. Uh, because some of them overlap and some of them break up into two. But anyway, be that as it may, he's 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 absorbing a lot of Yisurim here. And Kohen V Nazir Abesatuma. Oh boy. Yeah, so that's that's gonna be that's gonna be seven and eight, according to the Pashapsha. That we just said six was on Yantiv, and then seven and eight is that he's seven is that he's a Kohen, and he's like in a cemetery, okay? And also he's a Nazir. So, what, what's this, what's this idea of that he's a Nazir? Is a Nazir not supposed to be in a cemetery also? Yes. In other words, a Nazir also is not supposed to become Tameh. Right? So, that, we know that famously for Kohanim, but by Nazir it also says the, 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 the same thing. So, he happens to be a Nazir and Hakoin, and he's in a cemetery. So, he, he chops two Isurim for that. For a grand total of 80 Isurim, for plowing, oh my goodness, this guy's plowing Kalaim in a cemetery, is Okay. So what does this have to do with anything? So Rav Chista is saying to Rabbah, You hold of Hoil? Watch this. <laughs> Did you see that coming? This entire activity, the plowing itself should be mutter. Because you hold of hoil, and the consequence of the plowing is that you've dug up some earth. And by virtue of having dug up some earth, now you can do your Kiso Hadam. Right? The famous halacha, that if you have dam on the floor, you have to cover it with earth. So, like, as if there's no other earth in the world, uh, in the case where there isn't any other earth, now, you are allowed to cover it with dam. This is a very problematic suggestion, Rav because, after all, this is only an assay. The 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 Rishonim already are not, uh, are, are really having issues trying to figure out, kisui adam is only an assay. And plus, is kiso adam ochal nefesh altogether? Like, wh- why? Why is this ho'el? Okay, so be that as it may. Let's assume that this is a real tzoruch yontiv, okay, and that it's a and that it is an application of ho'el, And you go through right all the explanations of how it is an application of ho'el. So if you held of hoil, let's let's maintain. Let 's maintain our focus and say that if you hold of oil, that you would th- theoretically allow this plowing in order to use the earth for the kisoyadamm so we 're going to defend defend how this is going to be allowed in order to allow this we 're going to change the matthiias we 're going to explain that the case is one where you were plowing in an area where you, where you were not. Actually digging up earth. Everything else is going to be the same. And so all those Isurim are going to exist except, bah, Vladimir right? The Isur of the Harisha is also going to persist because you're actually not digging up earth. You're digging up in an area where there's stones, which are not fit for Kisui Hadam. And since they're not fit for Kisui Hadam, that's why, even though we hold of oil, it's going to be also to plow here and you keep all eight Isurim attacked, even according to Rabbah. That was Papa Bershmul's suggestion. Mikrozolos are avanim that are especially suited to use as toilet paper. We've already went, been through this. Remember we were doing the Zoom Corona Shirim, and we already went through those avanim. Mikrozolos is actually uh, a machlokas, whether it means especially smooth, which is good for toilet paper, or especially sharp, which is also good for toilet paper. Is it, are we talking about comfort or function here? Let's just move on. But be that as it may, they're, neither of them are good for kitzor Okay. That's a machlokis. Okay. So now, Gemara says, Ruyus Lachotchan. Well, it's still potentially going to be mutter to plow these Avani Mikrzalos, because if you really want to, you could actually grind them and then use them for Kisra To which the Gemara says, Uchsi Shabi Mishari? What do you mean, grind them? When are you going to grind them? You're going to use your grinder and yantiv That itself is Asr. Says the Gemara, no, Ruyus Lachotchan Klachayat. So you'll grind them Klachayat, and then you'll use it for Kisra Adam. Oh my goodness, okay. So the Gemara says, fine. No, we're not talking about Avani Mikrozados, rather Bitsunma. We're talking about rocky ground. You're talking about a total rocky terrain which can't be crushed into fine pieces. You're talking about like you're in Boulder land over here. You're you're plowing in a rock garden. So the Gemara says, wait a minute. Sunma Barzria. Why would anyone plow in a rock garden? That's not Harisha. Plowing... Right? Don't forget is usr because it's part of the zriya process, right? You're, you're a farmer now and you're going to be planting. Who plants in a rock garden? That's ridiculous. That's not considered plowing. So it says the Gemara, tsunma milmalav elfer tichuach milmata. No. The rock garden is the upper layer, but beneath it, right, you're getting some soft soil. So when you're plowing, you're plowing all the way to the bottom. And so the reason it's harisha is because it gets to the soil on the bottom, and the reason it uh, and the reason, right? We don't use the principle of hoil, is because you're only really digging up the rocks from the top, and they can't be ground down in order to do Kiso adam. So says the gemara. Wait a minute. If yeah, but once you get to the soil on the bottom, then you could use that for kisoyadam. adam. So we're tr- we're struggling here to find a case where you're going to not be able to use the adam, right? Mimanofshach, as they say. Uh or or as I heard Elliot Einbinder uh you know, it's not politically correct to say me of Shach now, it's me woman of Shach. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh that, that that's a very timely political uh, thing. Okay. But they me so Mimanofshach. Right? Summa mil Sunma Milmala, V Milmata right But typically so then you you so you use it for the ketsu adam so just a third possibility of what this mishnah is Mar bar ravashi betina ah the mishnah's talking about mud mud is going to check all our boxes because after all you, you, you could theoretically plow mud it's just like a little bit right more uh, viscous but you're plowing it and you are preparing it somehow for Planting, so that it is going to be a problem of Harisha. But you could also, I guess, use mud for Kisu Adam. The Gemara says, Yeah, Barzriahu, do you really plant in mud? So the Gemara says, Well, Bimsunta. It's kind of like wet mud, which is yes, fit for planting, not fit for uh, for, for Kiso Adam. As Rashi says, Eretz Lacha, soft ground, Afar. Right? If you're going to use it for adam, it's going to be sticky. But yeah, you could plant in it. That works well. Fine. So nine lines down in Zaino Bays. The Gemara is going to challenge Rabbah again of Hoyle.. Okay, so that's, that was the challenge. We finally we had a trouble with that one. The first challenge we had to come up that he was plowing in mud. But once he was plowing in mud, the challenge stood. Okay. Because after all, why don't we say that you can use it for Kisu Adam? But then we said, no, the answer is that you can't use it for kisur Adam, and there's no principle of hoil because it's mud. So we, we challenged him, and we literally had to say that the case was mud in order to get out of it. Uh, that's, that, that, that was a journey. Very interesting case. Okay, let's see this next case. Okay, this guy's also looking for a lot of malkas here. He's cooking Nasha in milk, on Yontiv, I'm not going to tell you the story that I heard about the guys in a specific yeshiva years and years and years and years ago, before our time. there be sure Dov and knows who I'm talking about, uh, where they had a contest, who could do the biggest Avera. You know, these are you know, young guys before they flip out in Israel, trying to, uh, trying to get it all out of their system. So this was an idea. You're cooking Gid on and in milk on ve'ochlo, and then you eat it. You're not allowed to eat Gid on so there you get loke chamesh. You only get five. You don't get eight. You get five sets of malchus. So this guy didn't win the prize. Loke mishum gid So the first one is you can't cook it g- 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 and on yantiv. Why? Because you're only allowed to cook for ochal nefesh. You're not allowed to eat gid, Andrew. So if you can't eat gid, then it's not ochal nefesh. So that's malchus number one. Loke mishum ochal gid eating gid in itself is malchus. Yes is number two. Loke mishum bchalav. Well, famously right, Baser bchalav. That's an interesting question in itself. Is a or usr, like if you do nevela and, and and milk is that considered or bchalav? So that's according to the shita that holds that it is in fact a problem of lotav of sheh gdi bchalavimo. Okay, that's machlokus in chulin. So we're going according to Rashi explains that this is according to the shita that holds that it is an isr of or bchalav. Okay. <clears throat> Oh, I'm sorry. That's going to incur two different, right? Because as we know, we have the machlokas for Isser Bishal, Isser Achila, Isser Hana. Famously, we already discussed this. It appears three times this Lot of gdi Gdib, So you're going to get two machlokas for that. And then the fifth, uh, iser is going to be the fact that you lit this fire on Yantav altogether. Uh-huh. Um, you're saying the Hana, so I I I think it's a good question. Barry wants to know why not the iser hana. I think hana in that case is not necessarily the hana of eating. I, I guess once you're eating it, you're only chay of once. It's a chiddush, right? In other words, if you only sold it, then you'd have a chiy of hana. I'm not hundred percent sure, but for now, let's assume that eating it trumps hana. Let's assume that, and I'll get back to you. Okay, Barry wants to give this guy six sets of malchus. He doesn't like this guy at all. Okay. He says, get one for, for Achila, uh, Bishel, and Hana. Okay, so let's find out if, if once you're having it for Achila, whether you could be chay for Hana also. Because he didn't sell it, he ate it. All right, but maybe, maybe if you're eating it, you're also getting Hana. Let's look into that. Bli nether, okay. Okay, so now, what's the kasha? The kasha is as follows. Uh, true, he had nefarious needs, but he had needs nonetheless. <laughs> and therefore, for his horrible purposes of winning the who could do the most of errors at once contest, the Havara was a Tzara Wow. Well, is that really how it works? So you have to go to see the Rabbeinu David, as the article quotes, that it's talking about since the fire could be used for permitted food afterwards, right? In other words, he looked, you know, afterwards, you could still use the fire to cook for the rest of the yeshiva. Right, the kosher food. So because of that, the Rebbeinu David has to explain that that havara might have been litzarech. Fine. Okay. So the question is, if right, you hold of oil, why are we saying that this case, uh, that brisa, is going to be mechayv him for the havara? So Amarleis, so Rabbi responded to Abaye, a pek i'll get a nasha shonavela. Uh, he said, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. When I counted this up, I shouldn't have counted havara. I should. I'm going to take take havara out as one of the surim, Put in the fact that it's a gida nasha shel nevela. See, Barry would have said Apek havara vaayel uh, Hanash uh, shel gida nasha shel Okay, but no. Uh, Rabbah said no. Take out havara and put in the gida nasha of nevela. Ainachinam. He's not high for havara, but he's eating a nevela now. Okay, that's another isur. Abaya says no, no, no. That these five sets. Are two for the gid v'shalah shall be two for what? Two for the eating and three on the bishul. If you're going to say that the havara is not uh, the iser, so then the havara goes with the three on the bishul. The the novella would be an uh, a, a uh, achila issue. So this, when we have the three and two, it's not consistent with Rabbi uh, analysis of this brisa. As the Gemara says, Right? if the problem is nevela as opposed to Havara, then the ratio is off. It would be three eating and two cooking. So that, that would not be considered So it has to be something else. The so Rabbi says, okay, fine, my bad. Let me switch out Havara, but not with nevela. I'll replace it with something else. We'll take out Havara and we say that it's an issue of what? The word being mukta well, the word being muktah would be okay with the ratio issue because it would be cooking instead of eating. But the question is, is muktah do raisa? What's going on here? You get malchus from Muksa? The Gemara asks this. Abayah asks, and he, he is nonplussed. Umuktah do raisa? What are you saying? Umuktah do Says the Gemara. So Amalai, Rabbi answers in yes. Muktah is the Wow, Abai holds a muksa do raisa. Didn't we learn when we learned the sugyis in muktah that this is something that that Shlomo Melach instituted, and then the Chazal instituted further. What does that have to do with, with the Raisa? Well, he's gonna bring you a pastak, okay. the Yom Hashishi, View. The Azhar to And the and, and the Azara, so in other words, in order to get Malchus to Araisa, you need the Isser and the Lav. Right? It has to be a love, Shiesh Maisa. What's a love? Here's the love, the Azhara. It's called the Love. Meet Losa called Malacha. When it says that you can't do any malacha, that tells you that it includes Vihinu wow. Sashayavyu. Wow. How does Vihinu teach you teach you Rashi. veichinu Rashi. Bimzuman called Sarcho Hayom. hayom. that the, the what's the Torah teaching you? Torah is teaching you that when you get to Shabbos, you're supposed to be your own guest. Right? You're supposed to have already prepared right? It's like, as we when we we're discussing it in in Masechah Shabbos, it's like, when you get to Olam Abba, um, people, you're supposed to have prepared for that in Olam Z. It's too late. So, Shabbos is me'ain Olam Haba, right? So when you get to Olam Abba, it's just you and Hashem, and you're both sort of guests basking in Hashem's glory. So in order for that scenario, you have to do your Heshtadlis on Erev Shabbos. And therefore, you're going to say, ha'yom, Everything that you want to have on Shabbos, right, you're supposed to have already prepared beforehand. Because right, and since the the pasuk called it Hachana and it had the loshon Vehechinos, the pasuk refers to it as a Malacha. And that's what puts it in the context of Losase Kol Malacha. And therefore, that's what makes it a real love. That's the Azhara, And the amazing, amazing Shita, the amazing Shita that Rabbah holds that Mukta is in fact alluded to, Mido Raisa, and you get Malchus for it. So as we arrive at five lines up from the bottom of Zion and Abays, Abaya is going to object that that is, that idea that Malchus is, Mido Raisa is inconsistent with Rabbah with something that Rabbah said elsewhere, as follows. This is somewhat of a lengthy question. And so let's begin, because we have six whole minutes, Andrew. He can't believe this. He thought this was the slowest daf he ever heard in his life, and yet we're going to get past Mem Zayn. I told you, Andrew. You got to trust the process. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I, I woke up. I already started with Andrew before we even started here today. And I'm just so excited to see you today. Thank you. Amalai. Abai says to Rabbah. Okay. You yourself said the following. to You yourself said, Barmi Nehmer of Chistah. Some say this question of Ravuna. Okay. Be it as it may. What would be the case if you brought a sheep from somewhere far and then shechlet is as a tamid? What's the halacha? Can you bring that sheep on the Mizbeach? Okay. Interesting question. Can the sheep come from far away? Okay. What's the question? So Rabbi, you answered like this. That, that in fact... Right, you, that one sheep. That what? That he, the, in order to answer the question, you expound on the following pasuk. This is not a pasuk in the Chumash and the pasuk in Yecheskel. The pasuk says, "Vesei achas min hatson, min hamasaim, min mashke Hashem elokim." Okay, veseh achas min hatson" sounds like the sheep that you're getting is maybe not from far away, but from your own flock. Let's let, let's see what's going on. He's going to expound the pasuk one by one one by one. Okay? Vise. So it says, expanding on this pasik. Se veloha bakhar. If it's a se already, it means it's a sheep. A sheep, uh, you should know, Kalman knows this, that sheep either means male or female. But bechor can only be a male. So therefore, when it says se, se, it's excluding Bihar. Okay? So it can't be Bihar. So now this pasik, from this pasik, we're expounding. Where can this sheep for the carbon come from? Well, it can't be a Bechor. Achas Velo meiser. It can't be one of the animals designated as meiser behema. Okay. Min Velo apalgas. Aha, here we go. Min means it's not from the palgas. What's the palgas? So the palgas is, is the sheep in the what? Uh, the 13th month, right? In the first 12th month, it's a keves, right? And then past that, it's an ayo. But during that 13th month, it's the palgas. So it can't be one of these Palga status as we turn to Melchesamit <laughs> Aleph, Min one out of two hundred means that what that's already referring to the Nesachim to the rest of the Korban. Mosh and Babor, that what that it can't that you can be drawn from the two hundred parts of, of what of Yain that remain from the vat, which means that you can draw the Yain from of the for the Nesachim of this Korban right from a vat that has the same amount of what, aser wine, as long as the iser is batal. We already talked about this bittel of yayin. The, for the nesachim, it has to be one, two hundred. Right? So, after the nesachim has been removed, two hundred, right? Uh, you have two hundred equivalent kosher portions that have to remain. A, a detail of the salach of the Yain, very fascinating detail, that comes from the, pas, from the pasuk. Okay? mashke Yisrael, it has to be, that the nisachim have to be, Minam that which, uh, israel, right? For that, it can't be just yain, the, the non kosher wine, right? Or it has to be wine that's, uh, that has to be drinkable. Mikan Amr, from all of this, they said, Eid mevi nisachim in a tevel. When I say non kosher, I mean that you're not supposed to bring nisachan yain from tevel grapes. Whew! So, that's what we learned from the Pasuk. Well, based on that last point of the tevel grapes, the Brysa concludes, Yachal lo yavim in muktzah. You might have thought, that, what? That, that last, pasuk mi mashke means that you can't bring it from mukta. Amrit ma gufo af koshi isu gufo garamlo, yat gufo That what? That when we say that it has to be from mashke israel, it must be that it has to be from something that what? That is inherently, in other words, you can't bring something that is inherently, uh, non-kosher. Well, Yain that's tevel is inherently non-kosher. The non kosherist the trephis, so to speak, is in the grapes themselves. But yain that is mukta is not inherently usser. That's kosher wine. It happens to be muktzah, but that's kosher wine. That's an external iser. So that's what he's saying. You might have thought that you can't use muktzah wine for the nisachayyin. How yotzam muktzah is isur gufo garamlo. However, we're saying that muktzah is allowed, because that is not an inherent iser, rather it's an external iser. Wow, bringing it all back around. If you said that the iser mukza is the iser, the iser implies that the iser is inherent, and therefore, by virtue of the fact that we see that the iser is external, must be mukza is not the iser. We'll pick up here tomorrow. After to you. So we've arrived uh, somewhere up to the ode. Yeah, the second wide line on Amhasmat al